Hey everyone, it's Joel again. So for this next episode of our world-renowned closet series, I interviewed someone who was referred to me by a good friend of mine. Uh, I have a friend named Paula, who I used to work with back in Boston, and she referred to me via text during COVID, someone by the name of Gene that she knew, who worked at a startup and was building his own thing on the side. Through that, I reached out to Gene on LinkedIn, we set up an interview, and we went from there. And it was great. Grew up in the Brockton area, so like right outside of Boston, if you're not familiar. And it was a good conversation. Talked about Boston startups, um, but, you know, how we got to where he is, him continuing his education from undergrad, getting a master's degree, working alongside that, and also building on things as an engineer. So this was a pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome experience. Plus, he's a Steelers fan too, so, you know, I have to give him extra points for that. So Gene was great. Again, thank you, Paula. Referrals are how I get the majority of my interviews. Um, the fact that someone knows someone who knows someone who has a passion that they really care about outside of work. That's how I meet most of the people that I've interviewed. And I think at this point, I'm at 50 plus, maybe 60 plus, maybe um, from showcases and interviews themselves. So yeah, uh, the community just kind of builds itself, which is always great. So I hope you enjoy this one. It's 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 really cool. It's someone with an engineering background who just finds opportunities and can efficiently look at ways to 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 build on them by looking at problems out there and finding solutions for it. And again, Stalish fan, so you gotta love it. So again, thank you, Paula. Shout out, Gene. Hope you enjoy it. Episode of the Moonlighters Club. We're still pushing, meeting new entrepreneurs, slash employees, slash business owners, people who do it all. Um, and uh, this guest was referred to me by a pretty good friend of mine. I feel like a mutual friend. Um, what up, Paula? Haven't seen you in forever. Uh, hope you're doing all right. Um, she told me about uh, this individual's business, what he was doing. I'm like, oh, that's pretty awesome. I, I gotta, I gotta reach out and, and, and uh, check up with this dude and see what's going on. So, uh, I want everyone to meet Gene. Gene, this is my first time actually talking to you, like with voice outside of LinkedIn messaging and you know email. Uh, uh, Gene, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. Cool, man. Uh, Gene, where are you from? Are you from Boston? Um, yeah. Um, so I actually grew up in Charlestown, Mass. So um, not too far from Boston proper and went to high school in Brockton, Mass. So definitely a Massachusetts native. Are you, wait, you grew up in uh, Charlestown? Correct. Wow. Yeah. You're the, wow. Wow. Every kid I knew from Charleston was Irish and angry. I grew up in Boston yeah. around like the like not early 90s. You're like, so like... Yeah, it was all the same prototypical angry, <laughs> angry Irish dude that grew up in Charlestown. I mean, that was a different type of world when I was growing up. Yeah, um, so um, we grew up in kind of um, the kind of like the black area. There was definitely kind of a, a segmentation line between kind of like the Irish um, white side and kind of like the the black side of the, the Charlestown area. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a black area. That's crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and then when you went, did you go to Brockton High? I did. Um, class of 2009. Nice. Did you, so th- that wouldn't be Mecca, would it? Was it just normal school, high school? Yep. Yep. Um, so Brockton High was actually pretty large. Um, there yeah. were about 4,000 kids um, total. My graduating class was about 1,000 um, individuals. Why'd you decide to go to uh, Brockton? Um, so I actually ended up moving there. Um, uh, so it wasn't my personal choice. It was just family reasons. Yeah, um, okay. I ended up moving to, to Brockton, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. I, I had family, and I used to live there for a bit. So I have family that went to that school, and they would just tell me about it. And I'm like, dude, that sounds awful. Like, a ton of kids. They would say there's a ton of stuff to do there, like tons of activities and programs, but it's just, like, massive, the amount of kids that go there. Yeah, it's so. definitely large school <laughs> yeah yeah so that's cool all right so you get out of brockton did you go to school in the massachusetts area yep um so i actually went to northeastern university um so not too far from the area like i said it's kind of been in boston forever nice did you like northeastern i did um i loved it a lot um it was interesting so it's a five-year school you can do it in four years if you want most people do it in five um but what you really get out of it is the entrepreneurial experience as well as internship experience. So you can go on these things called co-ops, which is basically a six month long internship, which allows you to just get real world experience. And so graduating, it kind of puts you um, ahead of your peers that went to other schools just because you have that experience. And generally speaking, you do two to three co-ops. So you more or less get kind of like a year of real working experience before you graduate. Got it. That sounds cool, man. I went to Suffolk and uh, people used to clown Suffolk because I went back to school. um, And uh, people used to clown Suffolk as the Northeastern safety school. It's like there are so many kids who wanted to go to Northeastern. But we would hear about, I went to Suffolk specifically for entrepreneurship. And we would hear about, um, uh, I think we lost a professor to you. Was it Professor Wheeler? I can't remember. Maybe even Wheeler. Um, but they would tell us about the programs they had there. So that sounds pretty cool. Did you get a taste where, when you went to school? Were you looking for something entrepreneurial? What was your major? So I actually started off as a biology major. Okay. And yeah, so um, went, going into Northeastern, my aspirations was actually to go into medical school, and. A lot of that was actually stemmed from my parents. So I'm come from a Haitian background. Oh yeah, you had no choice. Haitians in Boston yeah. are like, yeah, you. Yep. You're a doctor. So it's, either, it's either doctors, nurses, or kind of law school, and so those are really kind of the <laughs> the career path. Yeah. And after my first semester, um, it didn't go too well. Definitely um, was a rough introduction to college. I was like, all right, maybe I should, you know, rethink this whole biology thing. I'm not sure if this is really cut out for me. Yeah. Um, and the next semester, I ended up switching to computer science. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm good with technology. Let's, let's give this a shot. I, I don't know what it's about, but let's, let's try it. And ever since then, I never looked back and been in the technology field ever since. How'd your folks take the change? Um, honestly, they didn't really understand what computer science was. So even now, like when I talk to them and tell them what I do, they're just like, oh, so like, what is, what do you do day to day? It's like, you know, those phone apps that you use? Um, I can do that. I can basically make those type of applications. That's what my, my day-to-day kind of looks like. So like, all right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> nice. So when you were doing computer science towards the end, did you know, uh, uh, what did you decide to focus on? And I'm speaking of from a development point of view, and I'll ask you actually, let me back up. Do you 
have it in your mind of where like where you're going to go when you major in computer science as far as like front end development, back end development, app engineering. Did you have an idea of what you'd want to take those skills and do? Um, yes, I actually had no idea where I wanted to go, and um, a lot of my internship experience was actually focused on the front end side of things. Okay. And so, you know, graduating school, I kind of looked at it as, all right, wherever I can kind of get my foot in the door, let me just take it, regardless if it was a front end or a back end role. Um, definitely, as I continued throughout my career, I definitely now tend to focus on back end specific um, tasks and technology, just because I find that problem space a lot more interesting. But I definitely consider myself to be a, a generalist, right? I have front end experience, back end experience, infrastructure experience, um, so I can kind of do it all. Nice. Okay, cool, man. That's uh, I'm jealous of you. Uh, <laughs> for the, for the reason I started the Moonlighters Club podcast is because I uh, uh, was in the process of building a mobile app uh, for fitness networking, and I would have to scale it. And I never, like, like I graduated high school a while ago. I mean, college, high school a while ago. So, like, 01 is when I got out of high school. So, you think about from then until when I went back to school, mid-2000s, like, 2000. 10-ish through 2013, everything had changed drastically. So by that time, I'm trying to launch this mobile app. Like, just what I knew about technology was nothing like what I had known 10 years prior. But just trying to work with developers when you don't, when you don't code, like I did a little SQL or stuff like that, you know, it's it's a pain. So anyone yeah. who I would meet that codes, I'm just like, God, I hate you. Like, this is all I needed for this specific one product is just coding. And when you don't have it, it's just, it's, it's basically like building a house without carpenters, man. It's, it's, it's a whole nother thing. So kudos to you, man. That's uh, it's definitely, it's always cool to talk to, you know, computer science managers or people who do any kind of coding or development because it's so rare to. So you get out of college. What was, what's that job search like? In my mind, it's, I always feel like few ma- a, a certain majors have like their pick of the litter when it comes to jobs and the job market. But what is the development job market like when you're in when you're fresh out yep so the the opportunities there's obviously a lot of them um and you you hear about it now right there's a lot of um programming jobs out there but the opportunities are definitely out there the the difficult part about them is honestly those those technical interviews um you get tested on a wide domain of knowledge and I kind of related back to you just type kind of taking a college exam right where you go to lecture for about a month and a half and they give you all of this material but you can be quizzed on any piece of that material you really don't know what's going to pop up but you got to be prepared for all of it and so going through the the technical interview process is kind of similar to that where you need to kind of understand um, from a high level all of these different concepts and understand when to apply them. So when you get to the technical interview, they ask you a question. You can be like, all right, I've kind of seen this question before, or I, I've, I understand a general approach to take to solve this particular problem. Let me go down that path. Um, so doing that is definitely nerve wracking, but it's a opportunity for you to actually um, learn how to kind of communicate to other individuals, especially as a technology focused individual, it gives you an opportunity to talk to people and express to them how you think, as well as gives you an opportunity to actually kind of flex your your knowledge, right? Um, and I always, I always think that part is pretty cool. Nice. So when you got, how long did it take you to get your first full-time gig? That's, yep. that's cool. 
Yeah, so I actually got my first full-time gig while I was in school. So mm-hmm. I want to say I got it in February before graduation. Um, and I interviewed at a wide range of companies. And so I ranged from pharmacy, the pharmaceutical industry to the telecommunications industry to the hard you know, tech industry. And so I ended up going to Verizon um, post-grad. Nice. So when you got into it, how'd you like it? Verizon was a, definitely a unique experience. Um, it was the largest company I've been at by far, right? You know, Verizon yeah. is, is, is a huge company. Um, and I was in their leadership development program, which is a rotational program. And so that actually gave me an opportunity to live, um, you know, throughout the country. And so my first rotation was in Lowell, Mass. And then I ended up moving to Atlanta. So I lived out in Atlanta for a bit as well, um, which was uh, an amazing experience. Um, they gave me an opportunity to, to go there. They pay for all the moving expenses, which was awesome. Nice, man. My good friend did that for T-Mobile. He went from Chicago to Boston to Charleston, South Carolina, and now he's in Seattle. And I think Seattle is is the final destination. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, do your when you're doing the leadership program, do your jobs change like when you go to different places? Yep, they they change completely because you're usually in a in a different department um, working on whatever task that they need you to work on there. So when I was in Lowell, Mass, I was working on their landline team, which is basically um, you know dealing with files, dealing with um, obviously their hardline phone lines. And when I went to Atlanta, I was actually on the wireless side of things. And so dealing with Verizon Wireless. And so internally, they kind of treat those um, two products as separate entities, uh, while externally, right, it's kind of all kind of branded the same. I was moving around. Did you like it? Did it get old? I did. I did. I did enjoy uh, moving around, particularly because I lived in Massachusetts my entire life. So I wanted to see what else is out there. Um, and definitely pin mark some areas I want to live in, uh, when I get older as well. Atlanta, I loved it. I definitely want to go back there. Really? Everybody there is super friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a love hate relationship with Atlanta. There's a lot to do there. It's cheap, good food. It's just, man, those, those highways are just. Lots of highways. <laughs> it's something else, man. It's something else. So that's cool. That's cool that you got to travel. So, um, you're in this workspace, um, what, when you were working here, was entrepreneur entrepreneurship in the back of your head? Was it in your head at all? Or are you just kind of just focused on, you know, building your skill set? It actually was not in my mind at all. And that is actually one of the areas that I wish I got exposed to a lot earlier. Um, I want to say I started to become more um, akin to it when I started watching shows like Shark Tank, right? Where mm. I see all these entrepreneurs. I'm kind of going on there and putting themselves out there with whatever venture that they're working on. And I saw that kind of as a, as a cool opportunity. And even when I was working at um, these organizations, I kind of always um, took the roles that allowed me to kind of develop products. Even when I was at Verizon, we had internal um, competitions where you get to kind of pitch a new product. And I've actually won um, those competitions based off of my product ideas. And so that is when I first was like, all right, maybe I do have kind of really good ideas. Is this something that I can potentially do later? Um, and that's what actually led me to the startups. And um, startups are interesting because they allow you to kind of wear the multiple hats, right? So instead yeah. of just focusing on technology, you get to focus on the actual business needs. And so when you're, when you're building a product, you get to vet it, meaning, all right, you want us to build X, Y, and Z, but 
will individuals actually use this? How do we actually get more people to use it? What is their pain points? How do we solve those pain points? And you get to now start to think from a consumer side and see how you would interact with the product and make um, decisions and enhancements based off of those intuitions. So how long were you at Verizon? So I was at Verizon for about two years. Two years, okay. Yeah. And then you left there to go to a startup? Correct. So I left there to... Uh, go to a startup called Media Silo, actually back in the Boston area. All right. Okay. So when you did that, was it because you wanted to do more? You wanted, you wanted a wider skill set. You were trying to find a place where you'd wear multiple hats. Yeah. So my main motivation was actually to do more stuff with um, software development. Okay. Um, at Verizon, I was doing a lot more testing, which for me was actually um, kind of a step back from what I did when I was on co-op. Um, so when I was on co-op, I did a lot of hard engineering, uh, meaning that I've actually developed a lot of features, worked on front-end applications, et cetera. Um, and when I went to Verizon, I was actually kind of removed from that realm and just doing a lot of just internal testing. And so I knew that I was capable of doing um, those types of tasks, but I was just wasn't being presented that opportunity. And so I went somewhere where I could get that opportunity. Nice. So you're coming from big, mighty Verizon. And how many employees are at the company you went to? Um, when I joined, it was about 20 people and I was the sixth engineer. <laughs> what was that? Well, now, what is that like coming from a massive company to a tiny company? Um, a different set of resources. So that's the first thing that you will notice, right? At Verizon, you can, I was basically just taking flights to headquarters, which was in New Jersey, no problem. Um, now go into a 20 person company, right? Where they're a lot, they're more worried about how much money you're spending. So you can't just go out and do things frivolously, right? Um, so if you were to, to kind of do any type of travel, right? They're gonna try to send you to that destination as cheap as possible. Whereas yeah. like when I was at Verizon, right? It didn't really matter how you got there, right? They just wanted you to get there. Um, so that that was the first, the first shock, as well as, you know, just going from like a, what, a 60,000 person company to, 20 people right now you actually know everybody's names and so that was that was actually a very cool aspect of going to a smaller company did you like it better being able to be personable oh yeah i I found it super super personable um a lot of the people that i used to work with i'm actually still in contact today um and that's just you know used to like kind of grow in my network as well as you know there was just honestly just good individuals um and so it's just great chatting with them even now awesome well shout out to that company um and did you did you ever experience in just a startup, you know, typical startup burnout, you know, especially coming from a place where there's so many was yeah, let me ask you, where did you feel did you feel burnout at either company? And if so, was it the bigger company where there's, you know, I guess more at stake, or is it the smaller company where you're wearing more hats? Oh, burnout at startups is real. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, just because, you know, the, the lack of resources, right? So um, generally speaking, when you join a startup, like I said before, you're going to wear multiple hats. Um, since you're wearing multiple hats, when something breaks, guess what? Now you are the expert in that area and they kind of lean on you to kind of resolve whatever that particular problem is. Um, so, you know, there were multiple instances where our databases went down and I was a domain expert in that particular database. So I had to stay there, um, you know, until like, let's say one or 2 a.m. kind of bringing that data back up. Um, so you have that level of responsibility um, to ensure that the business succeeds, right? 
if I was like, you know what, I just want to kind of go back home, you know, I'm not going to deal with this. All right, that's totally fine. But guess what, the business is probably not going to be there tomorrow because of that decision. So it's just like uh, a lot of a lot of those types of um, issues kind of pop up and which leads to you being burnt out eventually. Yeah, so I, I and I can already hear you getting that experience for your own venture doing this stuff right here. Like I can already <laughs> see all of that factoring in immediately. Um, exactly. So how long were you there? So I was at that company actually for about four years. Um, so we went through actually a rebranding. So we went from Media Salad, they're now known as Shift. And we went through mergers and acquisitions. And so I kind of got to see the entire life cycle of a startup, right? Which wow. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who, so wow, wow. Did you show in that process, did you just add a ton of employees? Was it the type of merger where like you had to adopt another company's layout? Yeah, so, so the merger, it was another company out in the LA area. Um, when we merged with them, they were actually a, a pretty small company as well. And when we merged, I think we ended up growing to about 60-ish people. Um, so at our largest point, you know, the company was at 60 people, still nowhere in comparison to what Verizon was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you're out there for a while. When do you start getting the bug? Because you said at Verizon, you got to do these competitions and, and you know, see that see yourself making products. When you're at these startups, when, when does it start to click that you're like, I think I can do this? Let's do this. In terms of starting my own? Start, starting your own, yeah. Um, I think it comes in when you get to see a lot of product launches and you see how they go, right? Because the decisions that go into it, right, aren't always um, obvious. And my, let's say my assumption that I make today might not hold true once we actually release it. Right. So kind of going through that, that iteration process from ideation to production and then kind of iterating on it once it hits production and seeing, all right, a lot of the assumptions that you made were validated or if something didn't go too well, but all right, now I understand what I could do to make sure that doesn't happen again. And so once you see enough of these life cycles go in, you're like, all right, now I think I'm in a state where I can actually try to do this myself. Nice. And so when you are working at these places, um, how are you just dealing with em employment in general? Are you, cause it sounds like you're just soaking a lot of stuff up. Um, how, what are your, what, around this time after working at a really big company and a small company, what are your thoughts about working in general? Are you at the point where, what, what did you ever get thinkings of entrepreneurship just because you just felt you'd be in a better spot if you were doing things on your own? Did, did being an employee ever kind of just drag you down or having to deal with certain, maybe in a larger space, corporate things or in a small upstarter space, just the, the, the fluidity of things? How did you just deal with that in general? Yeah, so I think no matter where you are, there's always going to kind of be politics in the, in the workplace. And especially as being an individual contributor, right, uh, a lot of the times you're not, you don't really get to make a lot of those, you know, top down decisions. And it gets to a point where enough of those decisions are made and you're just like, all right, I don't know if this is something that you really can continue long term. And that's something that I actually discovered when I was at Shift, where I was like, all right, I actually think I might be the happiest if I'm working on my own or um, working on a product that I actually launched because I have that much level of attachment to it. Yeah. And it motivates me to 
make sure that thing succeeds even more. Because after a certain point where you work on all of these different um, features and different product launches, you start to get that bug. And that bug is that you want to make something from scratch that you kind of conceived and led to a successful launch or a successful business um, down the road. Ah, so did you start working on, and let's let's talk about it. It is a Turn Action is the name of, of Gene's Venture that we're going to be getting deep into. Um, did you start formulating that at Shift or like after you left Shift? Um, this happened after I left Shift. Interestingly enough, Turn Action was not my first venture that I tried oh, working on. Let's back. Um, yeah, what was? Yeah, let's go to your first one. What was that? Um, so my first, my first, um, I guess, step into this to this area was actually um, one of my buddies' ventures. Um, there were some some kids we went to school with, and um, everybody's always looking for software engineers, right, um, to work on their projects. And so we were at a, an event. And they came up to me like, oh, Gene, you're an engineer, right? I was just like, yeah, well, what's going on? Like, oh, we're working on this this application and um, we're looking for more engineers. Would you be interested in doing that? I was like, hey, why not? You know, I'll, I'll get paid on the side. I'm like, I'll, I'll definitely do that. And that was actually in the in the travel space. And so we wanted to make it easier to plan group trips. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm not sure if you've had this experience, but a, a lot of individuals do where you try to plan a trip and there's always one person kind of coordinating the tickets, the hotels, um, the flights, all the activities being done, et cetera. So we wanted to simplify that process to go from, you know, using Excel sheets or Google Docs to basically just doing it on the online platform. And we actually ended up launching the product. Um, However, um, in the travel space, there's just a lot of competition. Um, So unfortunately, that didn't you know, pan out too well. <laughs> Especially in Boston, there's so many companies that 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 I heard about in this rival space that I've seen. It was just it's massive, massive. Yep, yep. So, how long were you working on that? So, I want to say working on that for about a year and a couple of months, um, and then after that venture, um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned earlier that you were working on your fitness app. Um, I actually try to do something in that space as well, where this one was actually my my own product idea, where I wanted to make it easier to find workout buddies. And so I, I go to the gym. and That was literally whenever, my idea. Yep. <laughs> and so, and so um, when I go to the gym, I, I generally feel more motivated to work out when I'm working out with somebody because it, it motivates me to push myself and Generally speaking, my workouts are significantly better if I'm working out with another individual. And so I was like, hey, this might be pretty cool. Let me try working on that. And I went through the whole process, designed how the application would look like, actually started writing the code for it. And honestly, it was just one of those things like, all right, this is a cool idea, but I wasn't passionate about it. Mm. And so that kind of fizzled out. Mm. Yeah, it's funny that I did it all the same way. Like, I like working out. Um but it was that. And I passed out surveys and gems. Would you come here more often if you work out with people, you know, one through five liquor scales? I met with gym owners, like the whole, like, how did it scale this, all that. And it was it was literally just the uh, uh, the building of the product that I got stopped on. But also, the more and more I did it, you start thinking about things like monetization and, 
You know what I mean? Like just the product aspect of it. And I'm like, yeah, it, 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 this is the user rush everyone's feeling right now. Get a bunch of users on it. But I'll come to it ba- when I have a better idea of like revenue and then to go from yep. there. But I understand what you mean about passion. Like you can't, I, I think it's weird that there are people who have startups who like are, aren't really crazy about what they're doing because that exists. I'm always like, how could you spend so much time on this? Like <laughs> I couldn't do it if I don't care about it. Yep. And there's going to be hard times, right? And so if you're not passionate about it, when you reach those those roadblocks, it's harder to get past those roadblocks if you don't care about it as much. Ah, so that's cool, though, that you know when to stop. That's, can, that can be a, an issue. It was an issue for me, um, <laughs> for sure. So you did two ventures, and were you working at Shift for both of these? So all of the all of the ventures that I've I've worked on so far has been on the side, um, and main motivation for that is one right you don't know where that venture is gonna go and it's also kind of a, a little bit of a, as a safety net right if it doesn't pan out like all right you know I still have this other thing to fall back on um, I'm not gonna be in a situation where I, I won't be able to pay any of my bills. <laughs> so where where so when did Turn Action come about? Um, so Turn Action actually came about in the in the past year. And that came up when I was actually trying to basically change how I purchase products in general. And so I'm trying to become more sustainable, right? You see, you see that wave now where individuals are being more conscious about where they spend their money and how they spend their money. And when I was looking for um, products to, to swap out, I found it pretty frustrating um, to one, discover those products and two, just just getting general information about them. Um, there are a lot of different blogs and these different types of certifications that these products can have, which they all have their own kind of unique databases. So none of that information was organized in a, in a simple place. And that is when I started thinking to myself, like, all right, what if I had a platform to kind of make it easy to find these types of products um, for these types of consumers? Um, and that is when I started working on, on this project now named Turn Action. Okay. Oh, I like that. So you found, you know, found a problem. So how, how was it, how were things different this time around? This is your third go around. Yeah. Uh, did you find it so much easier to just kick things off? Um, definitely not easier. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know if it's ever easy and i guess the reason why i say that right because there's, there's a lot that goes into it um and with each of the previous ventures that i worked on i've always looked at it from the, the technical side of things on how i would actually build it out whereas with turn action I actually took a, a different approach um instead of focusing strictly on the technology side i focused on it from the business side of things so i did a, a lot more market research to see if there would be people in the market that would actually use this um product um, how big that market is, how it actually generate revenue, right? Because the ultimate goal is you want this thing to be self-sustainable. You don't want to have to um, continue pouring money into it right. um, when it's not generating any type of revenue. And also looking at it from the marketing side, I'm like, all right, now if I was to launch it, how would I market it to individuals? How does that terminology look? Um, how would I do advertisement? So basically doing the full business side of things instead of strictly just the technology side okay nice you sounded like the weathered experience shark out here man you're ready to go get it <laughs> so so uh um th- this just came in the past year what how has it been especially with uh covet happening 
what how was it harder or easier to do things like uh, uh, organize your time, be productive? Yeah, so COVID definitely added an interesting spin to it. Um, and the spin that it added was that it's harder to meet people face to face because mm. prior to this, right, you would probably just go to like, you know, some type of store or um, I'm actually doing my master's right now. And so I would just go on campus and just meet people and just kind of talk to them. With COVID, right, it kind of eliminated that aspect to it. And so it really forced me to kind of um, rely on social media. And so going on social media and trying to find out these individuals that might be interested in this type of product. So making sure that I have um, the, the web pages up, the landing pages up. And so if people wanted to get more information, they'll be able to get access to that and making sure that I'm available to speak to individuals as well. So um, COVID kind of forced me to, to kind of think about it in that aspect a little bit earlier um, than I would initially would do in the past, right? Because you still want to validate your, your idea. And so in order for me to do that, the way I saw it to be more effective was to kind of go out on these platforms and kind of start talking to individuals through there. Wow. So, you're, uh, yeah, that's right. Paul, Emil, you're getting your master's too. What's, what are you getting your master's in? Um, I'm actually doing it in computer science um, with a concentration in data science. So turn action is one thing. Yep. Ma- master's is another thing. Yep. And you're working. Yes. Are you sleeping? <laughs> Um, I am sleeping. Um, don't sleep a lot, but I do sleep. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what it, describe a normal day uh, or just like a normal week of you doing these three things and how you kind of organize it and what it's what it's like kind of going through the motions. Yep. So, um, as you know, have that typical you know nine to five grind. Um, working at Lola, another startup in Boston. When I'm not doing that, I'm either focusing on my coursework. And so I'm taking just one class this semester. I actually graduate this May. So I only have nice. one course this semester. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be done. And so I, I split my time up after work. I will most likely try to make dinner. If I don't have time to make dinner or order out. And I'll probably spend between like six and six to seven, between six to seven thirty, just kind of relaxing, just kind of get my mind back in a space where um, I'll have enough energy to go on and work on either my homework or turn action. So on Tuesdays, I have class um, from six to nine. And then if I'm not in class, like I said before, I'm either working on the business development plan for turn action or I'm working on my homework assignment. And so weekends are, are huge for me just because now I can actually spend the entire day just working on stuff. Yeah. And so I try to get up by 9 a.m. and then work from like nine. To about five or six p.m. working on either homework or turn action, um, and doing those things throughout the day allows me to now kind of be able to relax during the night or have some semblance of you know normal life. <laughs> so, do you are you doing is turn action just you now? Yeah, so turn action is just me currently, um, and I'm actually working with Northeastern. There's a, a student accelerator called Idea which works with um, with individuals trying to launch their own ventures. And so they have a kind of a framework in place where they allow you to one, meet with mentors, um, give you feedback on all of your, your business plans, gives you opportunities to improve your business plans and develop whatever you're working on to a full-fledged business. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's been really helpful? Oh, that's been tremendous. 
um, especially, you know, like I said, a lot of my background is in the technology space and changing my mindset to cater it to be more business focused, especially building this project out. Um, idea has given me the opportunity to one, validate a lot of the things that I'm working on, as well as giving me uh, feedback in terms of how to go about making my next move. And so using all a lot of that experience that I get and a lot of the the notes that I get from those conversations allows me to now apply it to this business and continue growing it from there. Nice. Nice. Okay, good. Good. Um, so uh, it, do you spend most of your time working on the product? You said you do business development. Is that where you spend the majority of the time now? Yeah. So currently right now, I'm actually doing a bunch of um, product interviews with um, different consumers and um, potential businesses that I would have on the platform itself. So just basically going through those interviews right now to kind of build up more of a use case to go through the different idea stages, just because each stage they have you do specific things um, to make sure that one, you're actually addressing the need. So outside of the individual market research, they now actually want you to have face-to-face -face conversations with consumers and or businesses, depending on what your, your venture is. In our case, currently, right, all these face-to-face -face conversations are just Zoom meetings. <laughs> How are you dealing with that? Because I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if Paul told you, I like to run my mouth. I'm going to get them and go talk, use my hands. I like to be out in public. Like, like I can do this and network through online. It's just, I'm not, this is not my strong spot. I hate it. How do you, how's that been going for you in terms of networking, just getting questions answered and meeting people? Yeah. So fortunately for me, um, I built up, built up quite a following on my Instagram and Twitter pages. I wouldn't say it's anything to brag about, um, but it, it's a modest following, which has allowed me to easily reach out to individuals. Um, and so I kind of use that to branch out to new people that I haven't kind of um, followed my pages or reached out to before. And so by doing that, it allows me to, to meet new consumers or potential businesses that would want to be on the platform itself. What do you enjoy doing the most? Um product work, people work, work on networking, strategy? What what do you really like doing about it? I personally love doing the technology side of things. Um, that is my wheelhouse. And I find that there's just so many opportunities for innovation in this particular area. Um, obviously, in order for me to, to do that, right, the business needs to grow. So doing those, um, the networking events or just networking in general and the, the business side of things is, important before the technology can get there. Um, so I definitely enjoy the technology side. Um, that is my wheelhouse and I would love to just focus on that, but obviously I have to do these other things that are important to get there. Nice, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you got everything organized in a row. Like I'm a big strategy guy. I like, for example, for the Moonlighters Club, I'll say, okay, let's, let's lay out these interviews who are we interviewing list candidates figure out how we're going to do the outreach then do the outreach and log it all yeah. like i'm a big notion guy i love just like making a planning of attack and then attacking and seeing kind of things pile up like exactly. don't wrong, I'm, I'm sure i'd love the product side if i could do the product side <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> but that that's awesome that's cool um so do you how do you handle the personal life aspect and, and this like it was easier for me to ask this question to people two years ago because you know you went out and did stuff now you have your business, you have your school and everything else with COVID on top of that. How do you handle any personal time, friends, movies, casual life? How's that going? Yeah, um, it's definitely something that I need to, to get better at, um, especially to like 
it's one of those things where once you get kind of sucked into the work and you're enjoying what you're doing, just time can just fly by. Um, and obviously doing that for a sustained period of time, you know, it can obviously have its impacts on you. So uh, a thing that I love to do, I actually love going to the gym. And so just making sure that I, I carve out at least like an hour, an hour and a half a day um, to, to get in there. Even if I can't stay there for the full hour, get at least like a 30 minute workout at the, the very least to kind of keep my, my physical fitness on, on point. And when I'm not doing that, um, catching, you know, any of the, the sports games that are on TV. So I'm a bigger like football fan, obviously football season's over now. Um, so a thing that I like to kind of keep track of, um, keep track of is the, the NFL draft, which is coming up. I think they have the, the combine coming up in a couple of weeks. Yes, they and do. So just kind of, a, yes, they do. I'm a big football guy myself. I'm pumped. Yeah. So just kind of keeping up with some of those things and also listening to like podcast, right? Um, so anything that can help, you know, kind of keep my mind, um, you know, keep, keep my mind fresh as well as, you know, just hearing other perspectives or um, keeping up with what's going on in the world, right? That's, that's where I get a lot of my information from is when I'm listening to kind of the podcast because I'm not, I don't really have a lot of time to be just like on Twitter or Facebook catching up with people here or there. Aside, if you aren't like my close friend and not reaching out to me directly, like going on those platforms, I'm not on there all the time unless it's for like turn action. And it sucks. Let's just be honest. Social media <laughs> purpose sucks. I had, I've had to cancel so many chat groups because I'm like, dude, there's like 30 of these, half of these, you people interlap, like friends interlap between certain groups. And then like, like, also it's just time consuming. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I yep. to cut down like half of them or I'm just like, look, I'll talk to the people I really like to talk, talk to. Other than that, this is, this just kills time. And then when you're trying to build something online, as you know, Twitter to me is the one I want to learn because it makes me angry that I'm not good at it. Um, <laughs> but it's totally different when you're trying to get followers for these things. Oh my god! Like it's a science. I salute people with huge followings. I, I don't. Yep. Even, just it's 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 a real thing. It's real work. So um, it is. It is. It's a whole science, like you just said, right? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it really is. Um, how do you feel about sales? How do I feel about what sales? Sales. Um, I is definitely not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the things I, I kind of pride myself on is obviously knowing the things that I'm good at and mm -hmm. knowing the things that I'm not good at. And so the things that I'm not good at, just going out and getting individuals who are good at those things to do it. Um, and sales is definitely in one of those, one of those domains. Cool. So yeah, I hope you get, uh, yeah, I'm forcing myself to get better. I agree. I used to do door to door sales, but I like, I, I since then most of my roles haven't been too heavy and I just got a role in a startup where it's like they're from the UK the company itself so mm -hmm. growth in America requires renewals account management so I'm just like head first because when I want to do my own thing it could be a sponsor for this podcast it could be a product down the road I want to be able to have those conversations better so that's one thing I always me and my friends talk about always no one gets excited for sales it's always the same type of people too when you work at companies that you notice that do sales <laughs> like yep. it's always the same like stereotypical people but uh it's one thing i do want to get good at this year is selling so um so do you have uh let's just talk about what you use to be successful do you have a, f a favorite product that you use to help you build businesses or just be organized yeah, um, so I'm a huge, huge proponent of, of project management, um, and it's a, it's amazing how your perspective can change once you kind of lay things out. 
And so I use a product actually called Team Gantt, um, which is basically just Gantt charts. And that allows me to kind of map out timelines and what needs to happen in order for that timeline goal to be met. So let's say I'm working on a particular product launch. Um, obviously, in a product launch, there's multiple features. Um, with multiple features, right, there's different cycles that go into it, right? So there's obviously the development phase, there's a design phase, and there's a testing phase. And now if you want to launch that product, let's say in a month or two, let's map those things out in the Gantt chart and let's actually see what's feasible, right? Because obviously you're not going to be working 24 hours a day, right? That's not, that's not a, um, sustainable. But looking at where the Gantt chart's going to say you're going to be in three months versus where you want to be in three months, that picture is now painted really clear, which allows you to start now reducing scope. And so having that worldview and coming down to a smaller view and changing how you approach each of those smaller steps in order to get to your larger step. Nice. Do you have uh, any entrepreneur or a small business that is somewhat of an inspiration to you? Um, say that one more time. Do you have a small business that you, you keep you keep tabs on or an entrepreneur that you follow that is an inspiration or just helpful for you to see? Yeah, so um, I would say an entrepreneur right now that I actually follow is, is Elon Musk. Um, and I, I like him just because he's forward thinking. So obviously you have Tesla, um, he's working on SpaceX, the, the Boring Company, Hyperloop, Neuralink. And so he's the one that's kind of pushing the boundaries. And actually, I'm going to relate this back to, I'm not sure if you're a Marvel fan, but Iron Man. Iron Man was one of my favorite Avenger um, characters and strictly because he uses his um, his engineering skills to actually build the suit and uses that to obviously fight the bad guys and so I kind of see Elon Musk as like the real world um, Iron Man um, and that's because he's just so forward thinking and he's just using these different technologies to kind of push us into a, a forward thinking domain um, and so that is one of the, the entrepreneurs that I like to follow the most and then oh, in terms of oh, favorite small business, yeah, um, I'd actually say this is actually going back to, to a brand called Scotch Porter, which is a, um, a hair and beard care product company. And so one of the things that I'm trying to get better at is actually taking care of my beard. Um, and I've actually invested a lot of time in terms of like maintaining my hair because I actually wanted to grow like an afro. And when I was first doing it, I was was not taking care of my hair correctly. And there's a whole science behind that as well. <laughs> um, and, but that, that comes down to um, just me kind of um, feeling good about myself. And so yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you ever heard this quote by Deion Sanders, but he says, if you look good, you feel good. You play you good, good, baby. You play good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You play good. They pay you good. If you pay good, you live good. So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Can I get that business name again? <laughs> Scotch Porter. Scotch Porter. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. I know them. Okay. Cool. That's cool, man. I like. Also, they're black owned too. So I like that. Nice. Okay. I, uh, it's, I, I, first of all, I like the Elon Musk, uh, um, Tony, uh, uh, Tony Stark's, uh, um, comparison. I think that's very apropos. I like when I'm mad, I, I, I have love hate with Elon Musk. I, I, I always respect in, in intelligence and execution. I love seeing those two things go to work because it seems like he's just consistently doing things. Um, 
because he's curiosity. Um, I also compared him to Lex Luthor. I'm like, if this dude turns out to be evil, we're all screwed. Like, yep. <laughs> like, like if this dude's building rockets and he turns out, he can literally just take over the world. Bro. Like, it's got everything. Uh, but that's that's I like that. Pretty cool. I'm I'm an X Men guy myself. I um uh I wasn't too crazy about the Avenger movies. I love the Iron Man movies. The first one was a classic, and uh, Black Panther was great. But I loved uh, uh, Logan. I think Logan's one of my favorite, if not favorite comic book hero movies of all time the movie was crazy yeah it was uh, oh, it was sad to it. see him go so no, it was well, it was I it <laughs> Nuts. um so that's cool so for for turn action what is uh do you have what is your goal for turn action and also do you have a professional goal in mind on where you'd want to be especially with you know you get you're your master's so like what is your one one side professional goal or a place you'd like to see yourself in a few years yep. and then same for turn action Yep. Um, so for turn action, um, a goal that I have actually by 2021, right, is actually fully launching the, the product, um, as well as starting to get to the point where I can start thinking about revenue. Um, so before, obviously, I start thinking about revenue, I want to launch it and have businesses signed up on there. And so my goal is to actually have at least um, 10 to 20 businesses by the time that I launch and start getting word of mouth feedback to get more businesses onto the platform, as well as have users on there. So I would like to see at least um, 100 users using the, the platform um, consistently and then kind of growing from there. And so obviously starting off with baby steps and growing the, the business from there. For nice. prof- Yeah, so for professional goals, um, I consider myself kind of uh, a lifelong learner. And so I, I love learning. I love learning new things. And just to kind of continue that, that, um, that point. And I'm, I'm doing that right now, obviously completing my master's, but continuing to kind of push the envelope, learn new technologies as well as getting to the point where I can kind of be a, a, a technology leader in the space. And so I would love to see myself, you know, continue to put myself out there and starting to become more entwined in the conversation, as well as um, bring up other Black technologists, um, especially like I mentioned before, like I was unaware that technology existed until I got into college, right? So just mm-hmm. basically getting other individuals to kind of start thinking about the space. And I do this with my nephew all the time. Whenever I'm buying them birthday gifts, it's always coding stuff. So. Yeah. Good. I appreciate that, man. So let me, uh, one last question. What or not even a question? Just uh, what 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 advice? Uh, give any advice to someone who's in who's in the position you were, right before they're about to start a business, and they're having they have to have a full time job right now. Uh, what advice could you give them just to kind of let them know what they should be prepared for? Yep. Um. So the things that you should obviously be aware about is one, whatever you're working on. Hopefully you're you're passionate about it, right? There's gonna be good times, there's gonna be hard times, but don't stop at those hard times. Just continue pushing right through it. Um, things always get better. You just gotta continue, continue going through and grinding it out. And then the other piece is kind of respecting the baby step. So a lot of times people have these, you know, grand large visions about what the particular um, venture that they're working on can be. And that's great. However, you got to take small steps in order to attain that goal. And so every single time you achieve one of those baby steps, take a step back and acknowledge it and kind of look back to see where you were before, right? 
Um, but that puts things into perspective and that shows how much growth that you've actually achieved during that time frame. Very poignant. I appreciate that. Um, so at this point, I'd like you to let us know where we can find you, um, how people can support, or feel free to promote anything that you'd like to promote right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so definitely check out the Turn Action webpage. And so that is turnaction.io. Um, sign up for the waitlist. Give the Instagram or Twitter page a follow. Um, if you're interested in partnering with me on the venture, definitely feel free to email me. You can email me at gene at turnaction.io. Um, if you don't want to email me, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And yeah, I'm looking for people to help me out with this with this venture. I know I can't do it by myself. I'm going to need a team. So I'm definitely willing to, to work with y'all. Definitely, man. And I definitely know there's a way we can help. I mean, the Moonlight's couple interview nothing but people who are looking for entrepreneurial pursuits. So yeah, anyone from business owners to potential entrepreneurs, I, if I find anyone, I'm going to push them your way. We got to we need we need Black Elon Musk, Gene. We need you to save us. So I, I, I may, I'll do whatever I can, I can I to get it. where you need to go. Um, I appreciate it. I respect the hustle. Respect it. So uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I I, I see big things in, ahead for you. I'm excited to hear about the progress you're making. I'm excited for the launch. I, I think I'm on the waiting list. I'll make sure. I'll sign up again just to, to no, make sure. You are. I, I checked. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Uh, I'm pumped, man. I'm really pumped. And congratulations on the graduation um, coming your way for that master's. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome accomplishment, man. Um, I I want to go back to school. I just don't want to have to take a test. Like I, the te- like I like I hear you talk about the G man things. I'm like, I just, is there a way I can get in without taking the test to get in? Any other test that comes after that, I'm fine. I just get hives thinking about having to take a GMAT. Um, yeah, it it brings back all of those all of those fundamental things that you learned like in in high school, like junior high. I was like, oh, I don't remember any of that anymore. <laughs> I, literally, all I remember is foil, maybe the quadratic formula, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate it. Anyone who's listening, uh, turn action, hit it up, get on that wait list. Um, the Moonlighters Club, we are, we have our website, moonlightersclub.com. Not only will we have episodes there, we already do. We have footage from the live shows we've done. But we'll make sure that we put Gene and every other person's uh, info up that we've interviewed. That They have a profile that you can find. You know where to follow them and support them. All that there. Um, If you enjoy this episode, please review it. Tell a friend about it. Um, If you are or know someone who is a Moonlighter themselves, former, present, or future, tell them to hit us up. We'd love to hear their story and talk to them. yeah. So uh, again, Gene, thank you. I hope you're well, healthy. We're almost out the house, man. We're almost there. Almost. Um, Waiting for it. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone else, uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.